Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as, or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. Hello, 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 365ers. Welcome to another episode of the Black Health 365 podcast. I am your host, Jackie Page. I want to be like Britt and be like, serial entrepreneur. I mean, I have my own fitness business, so I can't say I'm an entrepreneur. I don't know if I'm a serial as Britt, but I am a personal trainer, radio personality, group fitness instructor, Zumba instructor, um, you know, just overall person that loves health and wellness. And speaking of Brit, <laughs> what's the nods, fam? And I'm gonna chill out this time. No, 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 do it. You are doing it. My name is Britt Daines, and I'm just a fit life coach. No, no, I'm out. Uh-uh. Run that thing back real quick because it ain't giving what it's supposed to give. All right. I'm Jackie Page, and my co-host. Britt Daines, fit life coach, yogi, serial entrepreneur, co-host of Black Health 365. Y'all, this is a podcast created to educate y'all on Black health from multiple different perspectives. And y'all already know what's up. We are here to be champions of change by providing personalized healthcare information to y'all so you're inspired and informed year-round. And that's what I wanted. Don't be trying to shortchange me and the 365ers. Don't be doing that. No. I'm the person that comes on here and shortchanges people. <laughs> I love the energy, Jackie. How are you feeling this 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 week? I'm feeling better. Last week was a little ghetto. Um, yeah, sometimes you just gotta take a second. I really enjoyed our conversation last week. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just gotta take a second to breathe, stretch and shake, and kind of just regroup. And I've had a few days to do that. So, you know, I'm feeling a lot better this week. Uh Slide down this holiday heel slowly and surely. I love how you put that, Jackie. Actually, our Dharma Talk. Um, today's Dharma Talk, 365ers, as you know, we like to start these conversations off with a little affirmation just to set the tone. It's actually about determining your destiny through mastery of perspective. Basically, sometimes when you're going through something that's rough, shifting perspective can be all the world as the old cliche goes your attitude really can determine your altitude if you're feeling a little down take note of how you're processing the world around you are you operating from a place of fear or are you coming from a space of creation and abundance most of our life circumstances are surely out of our control um we are dealing with the traumas of life and childhood the best we can but I would argue it's our existential responsibility to show up for ourselves. And every day is 100% isn't the same, but it's important that you simply show up. 
sometimes simply shifting your perspective will shift your experience. And um, in some circles, we call that the biology of belief. So practicing positive affirmations can literally improve your brain chemistry and immune system. It's just it's crazy. But like everything, it takes practice. So learning to adopt a positive and pliable outlook takes a lot of time and cultivation day after day after day. So don't beat yourself up. Remember, a glass half full never hurts unless it's like Hennessy, a fireball. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You, I, I feel like low key, you be in my head with these Dharma talks because I'm a yogi. <laughs> I mean, we ain't talked before. I mean, we kind of did talk a little bit before this, but we ain't talk about the Dharma talks. So how sway? How, how? You know, Jackie, sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to say. It's just like I feel like spirit speaking through me. I just need to hear it myself when I say it. Where's that 365 collection plate that (laughs) we got to pick that up and start passing that around again? Because, okay, the Dharma talks have been giving. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this conversation, um, not only because of the guests we're going to have, but also just it's becoming part of a series of conversations we've had around um, wellness in general and fertility. Women's health. Yeah. Yeah, um, just want to open it up, um, Jackie, if you just want to bring up, you know, what we're about to talk about. Yeah, so we're going to talk about endometriosis today. Um, It is something, you know, we talked about um, infertility in the Black community last week. And one of the things that uh, Dr. Morris pointed out was that endometriosis um, could affect uh, infertility. And that's something that, you know, I talked about having a lot of friends that have been dealing with infertility but then also just kind of thinking about endometriosis. I've had a lot of friends dealing or who, who dealing with it and who have dealt with it. Um, another thing that we are starting to see and I'm seeing is affecting the black community at crazy high rates. So, um, you know, like Britt said, we thought it would be a great idea to just kind of further extend this conversation of, uh, you know, black women, black health, because, you know, there are things that are affecting us and impacting us at rates that is not affecting and impacting our counterparts. So, you know, it's time to bring it to the table and we got to talk about it. I just want to say as a black man, I'm very um, much willing to enter this conversation with humility and learn as much as I possibly can so that I can be um, a safe space for people who may be dealing with this in their lives. So I'm excited to talk about this, learn about this and hear from our very educated guest. Yes, um, I'm excited to bring her on. Lauren R. Hornigay, how are you doing today, Lauren? I am doing well today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to get this conversation going. 365ers, Lauren um, started the Indo Black Incorporated back in October of 2015, a platform to connect African-American women and women of color affected by endometriosis. I know you have your own story, and that's part of the reason why you decided to, uh, you know, start this um, organization for women to really connect. Um, So, uh, Lauren, let's go ahead and just dive into this. What exactly is endometriosis for, for those who don't know? Yes. So I will be honest with you on this question. I am not a medical uh, professional, so my answer may be completely different. The difficult part about explaining what endometriosis is, is that nobody really knows. Um, There are so many definitions that come out. One is that 
it is connected to endometriosis cells. Another one is that it had it is the lining of the uterus and it sheds. There are so many different types of definitions. Uh, though this disorder was discovered in 1860, there's still no concrete information where all medical uh, people, professionals can get on one page to give us a actual definition of exactly what it is. But what I tell you, um, it will cause pain. Uh, you will know that you have endometriosis based off certain 10 uh, symptoms or certain things that you're dealing with. So though I can't give you an actual explanation of what actually it is, I can definitely tell you my lived experience with it. I'm actually interested in hearing about that. If you feel comfortable sharing anything about how you found yourself in this space and during bringing this educational awareness around these issues, is there anything about your journey you would like to tell the 365ers? Absolutely. Um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis on March 18, 2011. Um, that was just like a, you know, a hump in the road. And I, I thought it would just be another situation and I would be able to just bounce back. Um, thankfully, there was a doctor who was a woman of color in um, Baltimore, uh, Maryland, and I just happened to go to this doctor because I was struggling with my cycle. My cycle left and it returned and it left and it returned, um, which is a common um, a situation where it, it can bring up a red flag. So if your, your cycles are repeating back to back with less than 28 days, there is an issue there. Um, it may not be endometriosis, but you should go and get that uh, checked out. And the doctor, she said, when, well, you know, she started asking me a couple of questions. Um, I end up learning that I had a reverted uterus, which is also something that is a common symptom of endometriosis. I then was scheduled for a um, surgery in March because that is actually, as of right now, the only way to diagnose someone with endometriosis. I was diagnosed with the doctor and the help of John Hopkins Hospital. I then went on in August of 2011, that same year, I actually had a situation happen. I called myself trying to be healthy. I put on, you know, uh, my sports bra, my leggings, I ate avocado toast, I drank some water, some Gatorade, I ran around the block. Me running around the block actually triggered my cyst to rupture. Um, not even noticing. I knew I had a cyst. I was on birth control for it, but I didn't keep up with it. Um, and the cyst ruptured, but I did not know what it felt like for cyst to rupture. So I just was out of breath a lot. I was breathing very heavily. Um, I took a shower because I said, well, dang, you must be really out of shape if you still breathing very heavy from working out. And I remember being in the shower and it got pitch black. So I just, you know, I walked out, I was going to go lay down in my bed, but the next thing, you know, I looked up and I was looking at the ceiling because I had passed out. Um, and I went to my, my regular doctor and she said, I don't know what's going on with you. We'll do a blood sample. But if you pass out again, you need to go directly to the hospital. I ended up passing out again, missing uh, the wall by about two inches from the corner of my head. And that is when my friend was like, no, you're you're going to the hospital. And I was like, okay, I went to the hospital. Um, they told me after several tests that I ended up having a cyst rupture, leaving two gallons of blood in my abdomen. 
Um, I had to have immediate surgery. Um, my support system, my brother, his fiance at the time, my friends, they were all present. Um, but I, in particular, do not like hospitals. And it was a very traumatic situation for me. Um, the doctor looked at me. She said, you're a healthy young African-American woman. And it was like, you're telling me I'm healthy, but I'm laying in a hospital bed getting ready to have an emergency surgery. How does that even make sense? Um, and to make matters worse, my white blood cells were very, very low. And you know you need white blood cells to help, um, you know, with any type of possible infections and healing. Um, so that was really my experience. And then I was like, oh, this this real, this, this is not a game. This is a life changer. Um, I had passed out three times. I passed out in the hospital and that's what actually made them recognize, um, how serious the situation was. I, I guess they thought that I wasn't, uh, being honest or whatever the case may be, but I told them that I'm very weak. And I, I remember walking and telling the nurse, no, I'm getting ready to pass out. I feel it. And she was like, don't. And I was like, girl, if I couldn't, I would never pass out. This is not a thing that I want to do. But that was my experience in recognizing, one, that it is difficult for people to listen to Black women. Two, this is something that I've never heard of before. I barely even knew how to say endometriosis, not alone understand what it is. So that kind of started me on my path of doing more research. And in doing more research, I realized there wasn't enough research. No, I completely agree. There's not enough research. And um, I, I'm, I'm kind of floored at the fact that you said you went to the, you were in the hospital and, oh, like you're making this up. They're not taking me serious. When I heard that, I was like, this, that's the immediate, like, this is why black people don't go to the doctor. <laughs> no, 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 you're absolutely right. That's exactly why we don't go to the doctor, which third, which, which puts us in the situation of a lot of the health disparities you know, and the disease that we go through now is because if you go to the doctor and I'm telling you I'm about to pass out, you looking at me like, nah, you good. No, I'm not. I would not pass out on purpose. There's there's no way that, first of all, I didn't like the way it felt. That's the only reason why I knew it was coming again. It's because the same two feelings I had before, it was a repeated. Now I'm like, okay, girl, brace yourself. You know, but she wouldn't even let me sit down. She kept trying to make me walk. And that actually triggered my friend more because after all of this, my friend told me, she said, I saw you passed out. You look like some noodles and oodles just falling to the ground. And she was scared because what do you tell someone's parent? You know, like she didn't know what was going to happen. Um, thankfully, you know, I woke up or whatever the case may be, but I had sharp pains. That's when we knew, you know, it was very, very serious. Had it not been for her, I don't think that I would have been well because she was the one advocating for me when I walked in. She drove me to the hospital. She gave me a wheelchair. We rolled in there and she was like, no, she need to go back now. You need to do blood work right now. Like I have to call her father right now. So had it not been for the support system, I don't think I would have been seen because I was too tired to advocate for myself at that time. Wow, that's another big statement for people who maybe don't have those resources and major shout out to your friend. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Dancing crew, trip for two, nail the final interview. 
game with Doug. Brand new mug. Come here, kid. Give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. New COVID-19 boosters designed for recent Omicron variants are now available. Learn about eligibility and schedule a free, updated booster today at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Through your research, what are some, you've explained some of your own experience, but what are some other symptoms people may have of, of endo? Yes, there's a long list. So for anyone who is listening, get a pen and paper out so you can check off what you think you may be dealing with. Um, of course, irregular periods, that's the first one. Um, you do have, um, unfortunately, vomiting, nausea, a cognitive um, situation. It may be cognitive brain fog, um, which may not really be uh, uh, self-explanatory, but it's a self-explanatory anyway, because you, you really can't think about what it is. Um, of course, infertility may be a symptom. However, you wouldn't know until you actually try. We just had someone speak to me about this. She said that they told her she couldn't have a child. And my doctor was very honest with me and said, you don't know until you try. So a lot of times people are diagnosed with endometriosis automatically. They assume they can't have children. That's not that's not true. You also have some chest pains that may happen. You have sharp pains in your back, sharp pains in your chest. Another symptom, and this may not be a document symptom, this is based off my experiences and the experiences of other women. Before my cycle, I have left knee pain. And after my cycle, I have right knee pain. Um, there should be like some type of pain fluctuating between your legs sometimes. Um, another thing that I've noticed, if you're bruising very easily on your legs, that's something we're not really certain where that comes from, but that's just something that has happened. Unfortunately for some, depending on their situation, they may have struggling with like hair loss or things of that nature, but that may be attributed to stress. And it's probably a longer list of things, but I may be forgetting them based off of my own experiences. Before you were diagnosed, how, and I don't want to say difficult, but how was it managing like day-to-day activities and just, you know, day-to-day life things? Honestly, for me, because within the Black community, we just chalk it up and we keep on moving. Um, I can remember being in high school and having my cycles and being um, crawled up in a ball on the floor crying and my mom breaking a piece of putting it, crushing it up and putting it in applesauce and giving it to me. Um, In college is when I started to experience different things along the lines of my period being irregular or mood swings or things of that nature. In 2020, which was a whole different era for me, it was was like a, a progression of my endometriosis as I gotten older. For the first three months, depending on what I ate, I was triggered and I would unfortunately uh, get sick very nauseous, have migraines, and I would throw up very, very bad to the point where I could not even function. I would have to leave work. I could not turn on the light in my room. I would have to, you know, fill around the room to go to the restroom and come back in my room. Um, But I I wouldn't be able to maintain. Um, Most recently in this past year, I actually spoke with my eye doctor for three months. I don't know what the number with three is with me, but for three months, I would have an issue with my eye. It's specifically my right eye. My left eye is perfectly fine, but it would water. It would just water a lot. And then it would hurt a lot. 
And I just thought, you know, it was an allergy or something like this, but this happened every single time I came on my cycle. So I ended up looking it up and, you know, you can't believe everything you see on the internet, but it said it would be connected to estrogen levels. And estrogen, of course, is connected to your cycle and endometriosis. When I spoke to my eye doctor, she informed me that that is a thing, um, and my, my tear ducts are uh, very sensitive. She said that is a thing where estrogen can cause you to have issues with your eyes as well. Uh, so over the past 11 years, it has been a, a roller coaster with different types of symptoms from 2010 up until most recently, I was actually allergic to citric acid. And I say citric acid because it was citrus fruits, but it also was like pineapples. It was mangoes, lemons, like really bad to the point where my lips and my eyes and my face would swell up. But now I'm perfectly fine with having it, um, which also is very weird. But. I have a two-pronged question. The first is, and, and pardon my, my ignorance, is this a lifelong affliction? Or is this something that can be fixed through surgery or anything? Second question, and this is a question to take a step back for anyone who has been listening to this conversation who may have some um, concerns. If they want us to get diagnosed, maybe they don't have any symptoms, but they just want to go to the doctor and say, hey, I want to get tested for endo. What does that process look like? So two questions there. Okay. So I'm going to answer the second question because that's the one I remember. Um, memory is also probably listed as one of the symptoms of endometriosis. <laughs> but uh, for those who are interested in getting possibly checked out or diagnosed, it may be some red tape there. Unfortunately, you know, insurance isn't always on our side, especially for women. There has to be a reason. There has to be a cause for something. However, I do advise people that do not have symptoms because there are people that have endometriosis don't have symptoms. Um, and there will be someone that may identify with two symptoms versus all of the symptoms that I shared. Um, so I do advise people to ask the questions they need to ask, speak to their OBGYNs. However, an OBGYN cannot technically diagnose you, it is best to see an endospecialist because they are a specialist in that field and they know exactly what needs to be done and how to uh, work with you. However, the unfortunate part is there are not many endospecialists. And then you also um, see a decrease in having endospecialists who are African-American. As you know, there's only 2% of African-Americans who are in the medical industry as a whole. So you already know that that is a smaller portion for OBGYNs and endospecialists. But I do encourage people to do that. However, um, there is surgery for endometriosis. So that is the only way, as of right now, that ACOG has stated that there's able to get a clear diagnosing. They are currently working on blood testing. However, there hasn't been any confirmation that that is accurate. There are some people that are diagnosed through other ways because they may be, you know, struggling with fibroids or PCOS, and they may be able to get those tests done. And when they're in, they're able to see the endometriosis. So they're able to diagnose that way as well. And as for people who are concerned about this being a lifelong disorder, um, in my opinion, this is a lifelong disorder. However, 
you are able to maintain your endometriosis. I think this comes with age. We, we're thrown a lot of different things um, as we get older. Uh, and I think we're all in that process of seeing how our body is changing. Um, and we recognize it. So we just have to pay attention. We have to monitor what we're doing, what we're eating, our intake, all of the things that we're doing so that we are paying attention to it. And for me, again, I will say that endometriosis is a lifelong disorder. As of right now, ACOG states that there is no cure. Uh, for endometriosis at this time, even though it was discovered in 1860, but. Which again is crazy. 1860, here we are in 2022 and we still ain't got this thing figured out. The math isn't mathing and I need somebody to make it make sense because yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> they don't even have the definition. So I, why would they have a cure? So. Yeah, like, right. Like I just don't. And then you again, wonder why people in the black community do not want to be bothered. You don't even know what it is. This has been around since eight, 1800s and you, you're not taking the time to figure it out. Like it's just another, I'm floored right now. Yeah. It's, it's because, and I'm going to be very blunt. It is because it does not affect men as much as it affects women. And I will say it does affect men. That was my next question. You read my mind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it does affect men, um, but it, it does not affect, I would probably say very, very low. And then you, you do also have the population who identifies uh, themselves as men. Um, so you want to be respectful of that. So that's why I say that men are affected. Um, cisgender men are also affected. However, there is a very, very, very small number. I think that if more men were affected by this and living with endometriosis, that we would have something, anything to do with women's reproductive health issues, anything to do with women is always, always going to be um, lesser and, and not funded equally, unfortunately. No, you're absolutely right. 110% right about that. Um, and it's it's sad that in 2022, and I keep throwing out the year because it is 2022 when we are still going through these struggles and battles as women to get people to hear us and hear what we're going through and what we're and what we're struggling with. It it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 very it's difficult to have these conversations. I know someone that struggles with it, and you know. You know, what can people do who call in sick to work, you know, and like, are there are there programs for medical leave for stuff like this? Like, are there are there systems set up? And I don't know the answer to that, but it just seems unfortunate if, there, if it's not right. Um, Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Going beyond that, in your experience, in your in your research, in your conversations, what are some medical and holistic things people can do to just manage sometimes the pain? I love this question so much. Um, and all of the things that I'm going to share are based off my personal experience. Um, and I think that's the best part about the community in which we have is that we share this information. And I always share that what may work specifically for me may not work for you, uh, but you do have to try to figure out what works for you. Um, so there's go to milk. 
Um, sometimes as I'm preparing for my cycle, because it's a whole process, I am preparing, um, I might drink hibiscus tea and I, I don't just, uh, get the package. I go to the international market. I purchase the hibiscus tea. I purchase the ginger, um, the mint, all of those. And I actually make tea and I drink it throughout the time that I'm on my cycle and after my cycle. There's four different phases of your cycle. And that's why endometriosis can be a little difficult for some people because they don't know. Um, what I've also paid attention to is, as I mentioned earlier, the golden milk, um, trying to do things around uh, ginger, lemon. Um, and as I mentioned, I was allergic to lemon at one point. So because of that, I had to take that out. Um, but I've added it back. Um, and golden milk is honestly just turmeric, um, black pepper. You don't have to add the black pepper if you don't want to. Um, it's ginger and it's almond milk. And of course, you can add whatever milk you want to. However, for me in particular, oat is really bad on my body as well as whole grain. So I stay away from those type of things. I also try to pay attention to uh, the vitamins that I'm taking. Magnesium is really good. Zinc is really good. Iron, we're losing blood constantly. So that's really important to add in. I'll also make sure that I um, in I have vitamin D. Um, and I remember speaking to a doctor. She mentioned that vitamin D should not even be classified as a vitamin because it actually helps you hormonally versus just the vitamin. So it's really more benefits to that. I also uh, have essential oils around. I may have a diffuser. I like candles. I do pay attention to the type of candles that I do. Um, for me in particular, soy. Soy has estrogen in it. Um, so just like we may be eating it, if we have soy candles, we're also breathing it in. Um, so we need to be cautious of that. And soy, uh, that can look like edamame, that's black beans, that's hummus. Those are all of the foods that people would say if you are vegan or vegetarian, you would use to make your food or your burger. So pay attention to that type of stuff. I will not lie. I still eat milkshakes. I still have red meat. I just pay attention to the phases that I'm in and I try to monitor what I'm doing during that time. Um, I also pay attention to the products. So I'm a really big fan of period panties. I has some really great period panties. Um, if you don't feel confident about them, try them when you sleep at night and then trust you'll be reassured that they are perfectly fine for you. But also products, looking into those type of non-toxic chemical products that you use. A lot of people don't really recognize it, and I won't name, you know, drop the name brands, the ones that have always been out here. But the truth of the matter is if they don't disclose the ingredients on their products, most likely the ingredients are not helpful for you. Um, also pay attention, since we're talking about chemicals and ingredients, there's actually a article um, that's talking about a lawsuit that is currently going on with about endometriosis fibroids um, being caused from some of the chemicals in hair products that Black women use. So again, chemicals are really important for you to pay attention to. I'm not saying it causes anything. I'm not saying it doesn't cause anything, but I'm sure it does not do uh, your body good. Um, so those are some of the things that I try to pay attention to. I have a weighted blanket, I have a heated blanket, and I, I just try to pay attention to all of those holistic approaches. Um, even it was an opportunity where I went, I have not been back. It was so cold. It was a chirotherapy where they 
do the cold air around your body. It was just so, so cold. I'm going to try to go back. But, you know, those are things that you can try. You know, acupuncture, try what you are not used to. It's important that you look into all of these opportunities to see if you can have better health because you are going to have to manage your pain and not even just managing endometriosis pain. But as we get older, we're going to have to go through other things. Migraines, we need to understand how to do that without always just saying ibuprofen, ibuprofen, you know, because they have their side effects as well. That was, you were ready for that question. You were, <laughs> that was, have, you, have you ever heard of Ovira? It's like this device that you put on your stomach yes. and it has pulse technology. Mm -hmm. It sends like electricity to help dampen the pain of your periods. You heard of that? Yep, I have. There are a couple of um, companies like that. I, I think those are great. I think those are great. They're very helpful. Um, the TENS machine. Um, and I think that the shock from it allows your body and honestly, men would use it and they would be in pain. And for us, it just it really is like, oh, that that let me turn it up to 10. So honestly, it, it does help. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Now, I love that you, you know, gave a long list. I love that you gave a list of different things that you've tried or things that you're trying or things that you do. I think in general, like you said, um, whether you're dealing in 365ers, you know, this is a, I guess, a early, what's your 365, but, you know, no matter what you're dealing with, I think that's something we can all take away is, you know, trying different things um, to see what works best for you. Um, in the Black community, we don't want to try anything. Um, and we need to get to the point where we're trying things. And, and then to your point, you know, and we talked about, Britt, we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about, um, you know, Thanksgiving and like what you're eating, you know, look at the ingredients, pick up these items and see what's on that bottle. The same way you can read a nutrition label on, you know, a, a bag of rice is the same way you can see what the ingredients labels say on like, you know, shampoo or something like that. So, you know, I, I love that you brought that up because it's something that no matter what you are, or you're not going through, we all should be doing to, to lead a, a healthier life. Yeah. And I don't think it's, it, it's not difficult. It's just different. Um, and the thing of that is a lot of the things that we say we don't want to do are things that were taught from our community. The yoga that comes from our community, um, essential oils, that was something that we've been doing. The remedies that our grandmothers did, these are all things that were happening prior to putting onions or potatoes on the bottom of your feet if you're sick. You know, these are things that happen. Um, so we might as well just utilize it and also recognize that the people in those generations also dealt with pain. They came up with remedies to deal with their pain. They just didn't know how to identify the pain that they were going through. So if we have that opportunity to talk to our loved ones, our aunts, um, you know, our grandmothers, our older cousins about these disorders, about their, you don't even have to say a disorder. Just say, grandma, how was this when you were growing up? Because they may not even recognize that they had a disorder. But if you're putting two and two together, most likely she'll be able to share some remedies with you. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking 
and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Did you have a conversation with, you know, any of the women in your family to see if any of them experienced endometriosis? Well, we have a lot. Um, and it's not just endometriosis. I have two cousins with PCOS. I have another cousin with endometriosis. I have another cousin who suffered multiple miscarriages. Um, and this is all right around the time where we're all getting old enough to really talk about this stuff. I was taught um, unfortunately, at a younger age that we don't talk about uh, periods. We don't, it's not ladylike to do that. And though it may not be considered as ladylike, I'm sure like sitting at the dining room table talking about your period probably isn't the best, but you will catch me doing that also because at this point, everybody needs to know about what's going on with endometriosis in their bodies. Um, but having those conversations also allows us to compare and understand like, oh, you're in real pain. I just have pain two days out of the week. Oh, your cycle is very heavy. Oh, you bleed through five different pads within two hours. That's a problem. Like understanding these type of things will allow most women and young adults, especially the babies that are in school right now to get the treatment or the care that they need first, as they get older, they'll be able to manage. But if we're sitting here telling them, oh, baby, you'll be okay. Just drink some tea. Oh, it's nothing to worry about. I mean, tea does help. Raspberry tea really does help, but it's not the, like, that's not a um, a cure. That's not a, oh, we're going to fix everything that's happening. Like tea doesn't fix my migraines. It doesn't stop me from throwing up. It doesn't stop sharp pains in my body. It just makes my body warm. That's it. Wow. Um, another powerful, powerful conversation. And I love one thing you said too, it's not in terms of the management and the maintaining, you said it's not difficult, it's different. More so, this is what our ancestors have culturally been doing for years. Um, I think this whole new age philosophy, like, oh, I meditate and I drink my tea. Like, no, that's kind of like what, you, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's right? <laughs> I will share the meditation and people get upset when I say certain things, but this works for me because your flare ups can be caused by stress. So if you are literally in the middle of a flare up, you're stressing out about your flare up, which makes it worse. I literally will sit still. I will put my hand on my chest and my hand on my stomach and I will breathe through it. Now, does it stop the pain? Not completely, but it calms the pain down and it allows me just to sit still. Now, I know everybody's not able to do that type of stuff, but I've had conversations with several people who do that. Um, and that works for me because if I took a pill for every single time I had a flare up, none of the pills I took would work. Well, my final question, um, as you know, men do suffer from this as well, but as let's say, like, put it like this. For someone who is a partner or a friend or support person, how can we be present and how can we be supportive of someone dealing with endo? The first thing I want to say is really just listen. Um, a lot of times what we do is we jump into something thinking we're helping when we can cause more harm. Um, every person is different. Uh, 
So you will have to, depending on the relationship of that person you have with them, you just take a moment to listen to what they need. After you learn that person, you'll be able to see when they're in pain, when they're hurting, when they're tired. Or you can just say, hey, you know, Christmas is coming up. A great opportunity, purchasing a weighted blanket, purchasing a, a heated blanket, purchasing tea, purchasing things that they know they need, you know, non-toxic chemicals, things of that nature. And I think that listening, doing your own research and learning how to advocate for that person, if they're asking you or if they're telling you about, you know, their endometriosis and they have a doctor's appointment, volunteers to go to the doctor's appointment with them, bring a notepad and a pen so you can write down the questions or the answers, all of that type of stuff. And just be open to some different things. I, I know that uh, when I'm telling you all, all of this information, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. But understand that it is always going to be a lot, unfortunately. So being supportive and just being there, even if you feel like it's a lot, still being present. Um, you know, the saying of, I want somebody in my company, but I don't really want them around. That's how it really is. Like, you know, you may be around, but you aren't here. So just be supportive in that way. Again, listen, research, and advocate. Yeah. It is. Uh, Lauren, if people want to reach out to you, they want to get in contact with you, if uh, if a 365er is listening right now and she's dealing with endometriosis or she knows somebody that is dealing or, 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 you know, one of our male guy 365ers is listening and he knows somebody that's dealing with endometriosis, um, you know, how can they reach out to you? What's, What's the social? Yes, uh, our social is endo, E-N-D-O underscore black, B-L-A-C-K. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Uh, we are on LinkedIn. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. And we're even on Pinterest. So just search Endo Black Incorporated or Endo Black, and we should come up. Um, my email address is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N dot Cornegay, K-O-R-N-E-G-A-Y at endoblack.org. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for one, being open and transparent about your journey um, and you know the path that you continue to take, but then also for all the women that are dealing with endo, maybe dealing with endo for the people um, and families who have people that are dealing with endo. Um, you know, Thank you for establishing the Indo Black Incorporated, um, giving black women, women of color, a place to go, to talk, to, to, to vent, um, to have a support system. Um, we don't have enough of that. So the fact that you decided to lead that and say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this for for my people, not only for myself, but for my people, my community, um, that's huge. So as a Black woman, um, I personally just want to say thank you because I know that's not, that's not a small undertaking in any way, shape, or form. Well, thank you so much. My mom always said, if there's a void, fill it. Um, and one of the things I've learned is if I don't have a resolution, I cannot complain. Mm, and I think that's your uh, 365ers, your what's your 365? If you don't have a resolution, you can't complain. So, you know, don't complain about what you don't have a solution or a resolution to uh, start working to figure this thing out. The network is too big um, for there not to be solutions to the things that we are dealing with in our community. There's one too many people in our community. If we team up, if we work together, we can make things happen. We can make, as I say, salt shake. We can make change happen. So we have to, you know, we have to come together to really 
um, to make some change. So again, Lauren, thank you. This was a great conversation um, that we really needed to we needed to have. Um, I um, wow, it, it just <laughs> there it is. Lauren, thank you again for being on here. Uh, 365ers, you were blessed again with some phenomenal wisdom. Um, but if you're looking to ask more questions, you can find us on Instagram at blackhealth365. My name is Britt Daniels, your fit life coach, and my co-host. Hold on, don't do that. Finish the rest of that, Britt. Don't don't short <laughs> Serial entrepreneur, low yogi, personal trainer, all the things. <laughs> thank you. And I'm Jackie. Page, this has been another episode of the Black Health 365 podcast. Peace, namaste, and love. And here it is. Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production, hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels, created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez, executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell, editing and production, Jahi Whitehead, sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.